Namo tassa bhagavato rahato samma sambuddhasa Namo tassa bhagavato rahato samma sambuddhasa Namo tassa bhagavato rahato samma sambuddhasa Uddang tamang sangkang namasami So for many people who've gathered here today, it's uh, in a way it's the time of we finished most of the activities, which is good. You know, perform the activities carefully for preparations, get everything together, cook the food, make the offerings, you know, and then there's a chance to sit back and oh, drink in the goodness of the actions. It's always good to spend some time whenever you cultivate skillful action, spend some time just sitting back and feeling the results of it. This is the way you, your heart really learns and grows and is strengthened by the goodness of your actions. This is, we call this meditation. It's, it's an essential rhythm of life. You know? It's part of the essential rhythm of life. We do, we, we begin things, which means we aim properly. We have to take a little bit of time to consider. Take time. Pause, consider. You do something, hold it carefully. This is called mindfulness. Right? And then mindfulness, you hold something, you hold your actions, you manage your actions carefully, what you're doing, staying with it, patience, persistence, and then you get the result. And you pick up the results and absorb into them. This is called samadhi. So all this, we call this all the meditative process. Recollection, mindfulness, and collecting, collecting the goodness at the end of it. This is a proper rhythm of practice of life. Yeah. So we're not just all going forward, we're not just sitting back doing nothing. We initiate what's skillful, cultivate it carefully with attention, finish the action. Oh, how was that? You do, you should cultivate like this just adds a little more meaning to your, the events in your life. gives them much more meaning. And you dwell in the, in the qualities of that. So important because, of course, as we live our life, we come to the end of it, we have a very big pause at the end of it <laughs> to recollect the, the, the actions you've done when, you can, you know, when you're sick or dying or you know, those times when you can't do anything else. So it's time to... You rest in the bun, you rest in the goodness that you've cultivated. And so it's with devote to cultivate, also to cultivate the capacity to, to rest. Ah, stay with the feeling, stay with the heart, stay with the jitta. Let ah. it clear away anxiety, agitation, worry, doubt. And you feel fulfilled and happy in that. It's a satisfactory life to live in a satisfying way. You know? Otherwise, it gets too busy you know, or, or get distracted. We don't pick up something carefully and follow it through. We just scatter. So, a sense of a proper measured pace that you live with, beginning something carefully, following it through steadily, overcoming the difficulties carefully, steadily, get to the end and 
let the goodness be absorbed into your heart and mind. Really, this is the way we keep cleaning ourselves, cleaning the heart, steadying it, strengthening it. And goodness is to do with keeping precepts, it's to do with generosity, uh, it's to do with um, living in harmony. And this uh, Katina event particularly tries to encapsulate all the skillful qualities that are associated with um, social harmony. Social harmony. And this is so important these days because we see, (laughs) on say, on just our political and economic level, huge amounts of social disharmony. We see nations quarrelling with other nations. We see people in the streets protesting and getting tear gas and obviously conflict in the, in the, in the, very, in the very nation itself is in conflict. Society is broken. People not understanding, not listening to each other, not cooperating with each other. And you can say, well, they're wrong and they're right, but what you, what you really know is there's, not, there's no harmony here. Whoever's right and wrong, there's no, we're not actually cultivating the way to find harmony. Just using force doesn't create harmony. What does create harmony? Giving and sharing. <clears throat> Giving and sharing, and you cultivate that. Um, this is the first uh, element to do with social cohesion, social harmony. It's just that a society that is engendered, is, is, develops through the act of giving, sharing, receiving. Giving, sharing, receiving. You see? So this goes against the economic, uh, economically driven society which doesn't share. It just takes. Yeah. And so you have been big amounts of inequality because people are not sharing their wealth. So this is where the beginning of social disharmony occurs. The lack of, lack of generosity and sharing. And today we saw, I think, saw a very, not very interesting um, uh, uh, sign when we are looking at the, uh, looking out at the, some of the decorations that have been made and the put up these strings with all these various flags on them from all kinds of countries in the world. There was Kazakhstan and Georgia and Bahrain and Belgium and Brazil, Japan. (laughs) I don't know how many countries. There must have been at least 50 or 60 different flags of different countries. It was as if we were trying to actually include all those people, at least potentially, as we can see today, that the number of physic- people who can be physically here is rather limited. And so we have to kind of broadcast it to try to reach out to include even more people that can physically be here. So why don't we include the people in Kazakhstan and Georgia and Brazil? <laughs> include them as well. <laughs> yeah. At least in our hearts, because they suffer. They suffer like we do, and they don't want to suffer like we don't. 
and they can be generous too and they can understand virtue too and they can be helped, be guided in this way so we, we cultivate um, themes and attitudes that really try to open up as wide a possible sense of how can I share and give even if I just share my thoughts share my concerns I think, well, I, you know, I, I'm concerned for the people in Bahrain and Kazakhstan and Japan and Brazil. They are also other beings. At least I share my, my heart, my awareness, my attention with them. And uh, if I, you know, we can at least get that attitude rather than making it too much just my particular group, my particular friends, make it very wide. And you cultivate a mind like that. Because part of the problem of social disharmony is we create these bound borders or maps. And so this is, you know, Belgium and this is Netherlands and this is Germany and this is Denmark. And then, you know, around these borders you get people then get antagonism towards the people on the other side of the border. And it's purely a notion. You know, there's nothing on the earth that says this is a border we create these lines and these lines can create tremendous amounts of territorial aggression possessiveness and so forth and even you know within a nation you know towns or families or people get territorial this is mine uh, and uh, then naturally this sense of disharmony begins to occur <coughs> So sharing, generosity and sharing is, is very important and that's to do with material things, also just sharing concern, uh, let my actions not be um, injurious to other humans and even non-humans, animals. Uh, you know, we try to be careful here that we don't damage any of the animals. We have rabbits run around, they... Sometimes they can be a bit of a nuisance, but we say, okay, well, you know, rabbits have got to live somewhere so they can live here. Uh, we have all kinds of rodents and foxes and badgers and birds, and we try to either look after them, put out food for them, or at least not harm them, and try to, to coexist. So it's because they have to live too, and they're part of this planet. And we've also put a lot of effort into looking after trees and planting trees because the trees are a very important part of the planet and we don't want to cut them down or poison them with poisonous substances so we don't we try to keep things as environmentally clean and clear as possible because if there are trees and then animals can live there insects can live there birds can live there they help the soil they help the weather and we benefit this is we're in a, in an entirely unbroken universe, an unbroken planet, where everything fits together you know, the trees need the earth the earth needs the trees, we need the trees you know, to, to, get, to keep the air clean, uh, everything fits in, and it's not up to us to say, I don't like this, I don't want that, it's not our earth we only rent a body for a while, we only rent some place on the earth for a while we only get loan it for a while and then we're gone it's not mine <laughs> to have and, and destroy. Yeah. So when you begin to understand and you share, then you're also sharing your, your awareness 
then you realize the human responsibility in all this is something that other creatures uh, can't do is we keep precepts we have the possibility to keep a beetle a beetle or a weasel can't keep they don't know what precepts are we have a cat who doesn't keep well she doesn't drink (laughs) and she's not got bad speech but she has problems with the first precept because she has no ability to, re- to cal- restrain her emotions or, or instincts. But we do. And that's our human, really what makes a human being a human being, distinctly a human being, is their ability to discern morality. And that comes because we have a, a mind that can consider wisely the welfare of others, our own welfare. And when we keep precepts, we live in harmony. And this is another element of social cohesion, and that, which, you know, it, it's not that strange an idea, you know, to not kill people, whether you live in Brazil or Uruguay or Russia, you know, it's, nobody wants to be killed. And what does it what does it feel like when you get any anger in the mind? So your mind can also detect these things. And this does, this feels really unpleasant. And it doesn't lead to my welfare. It makes my body and mind feel bitter and sour and hot. You don't do that. So you begin to really understand what leads to social cohesion, leads to my welfare. And what is for truly my welfare will lead to the welfare of others. And the Buddha himself said, this is, this is a sign of the path to Nibbana one seeks one's own welfare one seeks other people's welfare you seek them both and we, the only way you can really work for everybody's welfare and your own welfare is through wise reflection generosity virtue you cultivate that and this is what Katina is about um, the sense of in uh, more refined terms, we had the uh, quality of called gentle speech, piyawaja. Is another aspect of social harmony. It means you you speak gently, which doesn't necessarily to do with the volume, but with speech that doesn't hit people. If you don't push people, you don't demand things, you know, your speech is soft, tone, inviting could I ask you to may I, may I offer this to you, could I possibly request, how do you feel about this, you know, you try to use speech that doesn't create a hard boundary between yourself and another, it's always an invitation can I offer you please would you give me is it okay if I request, how does that seem to you, so this is what Piyawaja is an awareness of the sensitivity of other people's hearts and minds and you enter that gently, carefully, with respect. And then uh, if there's differences of opinion, you have a chance to negotiate it. Um, Because you say, well, I don't agree with that. Oh, really? Well, tell me why you don't agree with it. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. Anything more? Okay. Mm. Well, 
I see what you're saying. That sounds, I see your point of view. My point of view is, duh, duh, duh. how will we work it out? Rather than, well, you're wrong. <laughs> it's going to be this way. <laughs> you know, that's not theawadya. Uh, it's not, well, that's just the way it is. It's, you're wrong. You know, that's not theawadya. It's, you have an opinion. I listen to it. Mm-hmm. How's that? Mm-hmm. Anything more? Mm-hmm. Okay, and then, right, I understand what you're saying. I have this opinion. Okay, there is, how will we make harmony out of this? Or just even that attempt to make harmony. Just even that attempt to use speech to create harmony where there isn't harmony. <coughs> yeah. And this is one, one of the ways the Buddha defined right speech. He says you don't necessarily expect people to have the same opinions, but if you use speech, which is another amazing human gift, other creatures don't have much capacity to speak, they make sounds and communicate, but we have an exceptionally fine capacity to speak. So you can actually use that instead of using like a hammer or a knife. <laughs> or, or a law, you know, this is this, you can use it as a negotiating for people who are not in harmony, not have got the same opinion. You can say, oh, oh, tell me more about that. Listen to that. Uh-huh. And then this is my opinion. Now, we both seek harmony. How will we work this out? And generally that attitude means when we have that attitude towards each other, and that ability to negotiate, we find, well, I think I could let go of that, yes. I think I could do it that way. I think I could change. And then things flow. Because to live in harmony is the most um, fruitful way of creating social cohesion and stability. Um, The Buddha, you know, why the Buddha created a Sangha? where you really try to practice these ways. If you notice, the Desana is requested. Uh, the Abba invites me to give a talk. Yeah. We choose and we ask, you know, and then we help each other. And the Buddha was very clear on this. He said, you have gone forth from home. You have left your families. You have left your families, your brothers, your sisters, your Partly, you don't have no parents to look after you, no brothers and sisters to support you. Therefore, you have to be fathers, mothers, brothers and sisters to each other. This is not... You you have to look after each other. You have to support each other when they're sick or weak. Uh, Tolerate each other. Befriend each other. Otherwise, there will be disharmony. When you have differences of opinion, sit down and talk about it carefully with proper wise speech. Work it out, otherwise there will be disharmony. This is the end of the Sangha. Quarrelling over opinions and views, which was always the problem that was there for the summoners. Some idea of right and wrong, and there's a quarrel. Because the Quality of right speech, Piyavaja, has not been properly developed. Okay, I have this opinion, you have that opinion, 
let's sit down and talk about it and see what the Buddha thought or how we can work this out. Primarily, how can we live in harmony? Most important thing. Then you don't have to belong to a nation. You don't have to belong to a job. You can have old people, young people, very intelligent people, not very intelligent people, men, women. If everybody's trying to live in harmony, it doesn't matter. And so you see in the Sangha, you have very elderly monks. Like the monk who received the katina cloth, he's over 80. And you see we all run, walk, go around to support him when he needs to stand up because his body's not so strong. We have young monks, young Anagarikas in their 20s. And we have nuns, who are elderly nuns, younger nuns, so forth. Men, women, old, young, different nationalities. And it's always been this way in this particular country. You always have at least seven or eight different nationalities in the monastery. Which is great. You know, you don't want this to be like an English club. (laughs) You want it to be different so that there's more listening and and learning and harmonising rather than, you know, becoming a uniform club. And that room to harmony is not conformity. Harmony is the ability to have different things, different tones, different themes that can form a common theme. It's like harmony is when you've got a violin and a drum and a piano and they work together. <laughs> some of us are violins and some of us are drums and some of us... <laughs> yeah. But we try to encourage that. You use the right speech, affectionate speech, speech that goes to the heart. Speech is honest, truthful, patient, allows listening. Yeah. And if you, when you create a, a katina, as you recognise it, the katina donor this year requested the opportunity to make the offering two years ago. Requested the opportunity. Yeah. So she didn't say, I'm doing it, I request the opportunity. And the abbot says, okay, well that's possible, we put you on the list, and fine, oh this year you can do it, oh wonderful. And then spend a year contacting people, putting out letters, phoning people up, I don't know how you do it, but making all kinds of contacts. And uh, there could have been 500 people here, easy. It's always the most biggest event of the year, the katina. Because people get that feeling for this is a very profound occasion for for harmony and for generosity and for recognition and for proper practice. And it's not just three hours. It's a year (laughs) of practice. It's a year of it. And it's a year of working with different people. And making, trying to share out so that everybody has an opportunity to participate in some way or another, even dividing, the, as they did today, the speeches in between three or four people. So everybody gets to say something. Yeah? And this is really, really uh, praiseworthy. Rather than one person, it's their show. Mm. So this is something, I mean, it's really good to see this, because when you look into the political world, it's exactly the opposite. <laughs> it's fighting and harsh speech, lying, accusations, <laughs> brutal speech, and number one, somebody wants to be number one, they don't want to share it with anybody. And it's really, the, you see the sickness 
and you can feel the sickness of that, 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 those minds. And it's truly tragic that this, this is what seems to be governing the world or the apparent world. Uh, yeah. A gentle speech, speech that seeks harmony. Mm-hmm. The, the quality of service yeah, is such an important thing also that creates harmony and a very beautiful thing to do. And this uh, gives us a sense of focus and purpose in our lives. Like somebody says, well, I don't know what I want to do for a living. I don't know what kind of job I want to do for a living. Um, Should I be this or that? I I say, well, why don't you do what you love? Do what you love. What do I love? Uh, Well, I... Yeah. Service. And service can be... The beauty of that is you don't have to be a super smart professional person. Service is get the carpet out, put down the carpet, it's essential. Get the mats out so people can sit on them. It can be a very modest service. Uh, it can be give the talk, that's my service. It can be make the chanting, you can request the Dhamma talk, that's service. It means you apply yourself for the welfare of the whole group, welfare of another. And you serve in accordance with Dhamma. And the Buddha himself, after his own awakening, he said, it's, one is miserable. One lives a miserable life if one cannot serve. <laughs> yeah. So it's not about work. You know, work nine to five, get my job, do this, da 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 and go home again. For what? It's just for money. You're not actually doing it for the sake of, you know, well, maybe you are, but... Uh, that sense it's not about performance and deadlines and great results. It's about an open heart service. And the Buddha said, you're miserable if you, don't, if you can't serve. He said, I see no one that I can serve. I'll serve the Dhamma. I'll live my life as if the Dhamma is my boss, you could say. <laughs> I didn't quite use those words, but... The Dhammas, that, you know, the teaching it, presenting it, living it, making it manifest. Yeah. I'll serve that. And he served it 24 hours a day. And he got very little sleep at night, right to his dying breath, when he's still asking people if they had any questions. That's service. <clears throat> and we should reflect on that. Because service it doesn't it doesn't fatigue you because it uplifts. When you're serving, you can do grubby work or tedious work, and it uplifts the heart. And I've noticed this myself uh, in our training here. Particularly, we make that quite an important feature. What is a summoner in this community of monk or a nun? They meditate, but they also serve. And uh, the juniors serve the seniors, and the seniors serve the community. 
and you generally find yourself in a, you have an abbot who does a huge amount of work. I mean, you would be su- probably you'd be surprised if you think, you know, senior monk with lots of time to sit back and meditate. <laughs> yeah. The abbot's meditation is service. <laughs> and put an enormous amount of effort into learning even technology, you know, in order that this katina could operate for the welfare of others. Um, as he said earlier, we can consider the katina ceremony so important if we're not allowed to, people in the hall, we'll do it in the road. <laughs> we'll go out in the road with it. If we, you know, we've got to do this because this is our act of service to the community. And he went to get this camera thing so it could be spread out to the entire lay community throughout Britain and the world. That's service. Uh, You're not looking for praise, but there's that sense of the heart is lifted up, energy is put forth, and then take the time to really enjoy that. Because it purifies the heart from self-concern, what about me? It's not fair. I didn't get as much as she did. Why don't I ever get this? <laughs> it clears that grumbly, petty mind out. Uh, and it leads to both inner harmony and external harmony. Uh, and the last principle is uh, impartiality or equalness. Uh, it's called samanatata, which means we sh- share equally and we uh, have a mind that encompasses the welfare of others and herself. Uh, it's both. We spread it out, we deal impartially with young, old, whatever nationality, whatever, wherever they're at, we try to cover and present and make welcome all of it, yeah. Yeah. without any kind of particular favourites. And this is quite a skill. Uh, uh, because clearly some people are more difficult or not so easy to be with but you still present, serve Dhamma teach them and look after them also so when you get these principles and you practice with them then you you are doing this cultivation of mind which um, is the larger understanding of what we mean by bhavana it's not just sitting still. Uh, it's not without sitting still. It's not purely internal, but it's not without being internal. Internal, external, stillness, movement, busy, not busy, you know, quiet, lots of noise. It's all of it. You spread it out, all of it. So in this way, there are no blind spots in your practice. Uh, so... And the more dana, this has been cultivated well. We will continue here, uh, tidying up, serving, and trying to support the creation of the container robe, and honouring and respecting the uh, elder who's received it, and enjoying his uh, <laughs> uh, giving it to him, which we'll do later this evening. So, and the more dana, you have been so important in making this happen through all the difficulties and the restrictions. This COVID thing is incredible and in some ways it's broken everything apart and in some ways it's brought everything together. (laughs) Because on one level, you know, we can't go anywhere. Physically we're very limited 
but that means all the more opportunity to try to reach out, which is what you see. You see these online things where you're teaching people in 17 different countries simultaneously, and it's made of joy and the merit of this occasion spread out through everywhere in every direction, near or far, to you know, the seen and the unseen. So, Anamodana, Anamodana, Anamodana. Andamayam damo varakataya sadhukaram dadamase 